What's up, family? What's up, family? It's your boy, J.A. It's been a minute. I feel like I haven't done creative conversations in about a couple months. But it's been a couple weeks. We had some ministry assignments we had <coughs> excuse me, had to take care of. But we back. Creative conversations. Saturdays at 11 a.m. This month, we're celebrating breasts. We're celebrating and honoring Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October. Um, and look, at I got the colors already. <laughs> and we're just ready. We're locked and loaded. My guest is ready. Um, but, but before we go on, don't forget to just follow us on the social media pages, Creative Conversations, Creative Conversations, Facebook, Creative Conversations with JA Facebook, Creative Conversations, it's been a while, y'all, Creative Conversations with JA Instagram, and we're streaming live on a Creative Conversations uh, YouTube page. Hey, this is an interactive um, thing we got going on, so you got some questions for our guests, anything that you want to bring up, you have some experience, some testimonies, whatever it may be. We say on creative conversations, we don't know if we're going to go to church, have worship, so we can, anything is, uh, you know, subject to happen. Also, don't just follow us on our uh, social media pages. We are on iHeartRadio. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. Lord, what else are we on? We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. So check us out. Check out our, our past podcast out. We were, was, we were, you know, God is really doing some great things. You know, I'm churchy, y'all. <laughs> and so we're, you know, expanding our territory a little bit. We're on about seven uh, platforms, which you can catch Creative Conversations with J.A. Can you believe this is our 31st show? 31st show. We started back in February, and this is our 31st show. Before we go on, I just want to shout out my dad, Reverend James W. Anderson Sr. Today is his birthday. You know, so he got to be a young man. If I'm a millennial, he's young. <laughs> just want to shout him out today. I also want to congratulate one of my uh, spiritual mothers, uh, Bishop, she was just um, consecrated bishop last week. That's where I was. Rosanya Nichols, Lord God, I got to get used to that. <laughs> and she recently got married, so I just want to shout her out um, today. <laughs> and so today, like I said, this month we're focusing on breast cancer awareness and also clergy appreciation month. You know, so our guest today is Michelle Hunt. Some of us call her her mom, Shell. Some of us call her Shell. We just call her. You know, she's dependable, and we just want to talk about her journey um, with breast cancer. I like to call her our breast cancer warrior. Um, she's been through it, but she's here to tell the story, and we're excited. Next next week, we got one of my favorite favorite preachers coming on. For clergy appreciation, I've just solidified 
until next week. Overseer Cameron Bowman is coming with us. You know that's going to be crazy. We both two churchy kids, so we don't know what's going to happen. But without further ado, we have some China has some, you know, I don't know what's going on with us today. A little bit of technical difficulties, but we're going we're gonna to thrive. There must be something amazing that's going to happen on this telecast that's going to do some amazing things. And so without further ado, I'm going to invite my guest in, Sister Michelle. Hello. Sister Michelle, how are you? Ooh, I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Something's about to happen. I know it. So, having a little technical difficulties, but that's okay. We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. I'm bring her back in. Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we got Sister Michelle Hunt with us today. We're gonna we're gonna get things out. Uh, but can you introduce yourself? Tell them a little bit about yourself. Is there any way to turn your volume up a little bit? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but it's still a little. I'm gonna get this in. <laughs> Did you try it without that? Maybe. I don't know what's going on today. That's all right. We're going to get it together. Uh, let me try some. Wait a minute. Why is that like that? Okay. Move. Why is that like that? There's something. 
Hello? Do you have something muted on your end? It's saying that. Okay. There we go. Nope. There we go. Yeah, there we go. It said Mike was muted. Okay. So could you introduce yourself one more time? (laughs) I'm sorry. No problem. That's all right. Uh, My name is Michelle Hunt. Um, I'm a proud member of King King Baptist Ministries, where my pastor is Bishop uh, Lisey Carter. Um, I love the Lord. I am just grateful that God has seen me through this journey that I was on with the breast cancer. Um, That's about it. I I have one child, one daughter that I'm very proud of. And I just look forward to what God is going to do in my life after he's already blessed me. So I know that he has more blessings for me. All right. Thank you. So let's get into our conversation. Mm -hmm. It is um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so I thought, who who could I bring on but you and your journey and your testimony? And so the first question I want to ask is, when did you first get your diagnosis? So um, February 2018, um, I went and had a mammogram. And the radiologist, when she did my mammogram, she I had to do an ultrasound and I could tell by the look on her face that it wasn't good. And because I'm a medical person, I actually kind of knew it beforehand, but you know, I was um, trying to, I kind of in denial. So I was actually diagnosed in February, 2018. Um, She let me know that I had stage three breast cancer and it had um, went into my lymph in my on my right in my right breast and my right underarm so that's where my journey started mm. that's where it started so what was your initial reaction so what was your i panicked i lost my mind i hyperventilated i cried i could not i was in disbelief even though in the back of my mind because I felt the lump, but I tried to ignore it. I didn't want to believe that that's what it was. So I was hysterical, actually. Like, I could not believe. I was upset. I was angry with God. Could you allow this to happen to me? Um, and let me give you a little backstory about why I was so angry. Um, prior to me being diagnosed with breast cancer, I was having some medical issues. You know, my diabetes was out of control. My high blood pressure was, my kidney functions were starting to, you know, be, uh, become irregular. So I was like, basically I was killing myself from the inside out, even though people would look at me and think that I was okay. And on the inside I was dying. Like I, it was bad. So I had chose to get myself together. So I went to the, the, started a boot camp got myself together, lost weight, got off all my medications, got my numbers back into, into range where they were supposed to be, didn't need any insulin, didn't need any high blood pressure medicine, didn't need any type of medicine at all. And boom, now I have cancer. So I literally was angry at him. And I said, God, how could you? Why did you? Why did you allow me to get healthy to make me sick again? And he clearly said, I had to do that in order for you to survive this. 
He said, so I had to get you healthy to get you through the next journey. Because had I not, the outcome may have been different. So wait a so, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, I had to get you healthy so you yes. can go through the next journey. Wow. Yes. So yeah. God was strategic in this planning. Nothing catches him. Strategic in this planning. <laughs> Nothing catches him off guard. And wow. from the size of the tumor that was in my right breast, it was in a third of my breast, as like I said, and it spread to my lymph node. My uh, my last mammogram prior to 2018 was in 2014, um, and they were following a cyst. That was in my breast, supposed to go every six months. Well, you know, I'm hard-headed. I didn't do that. So four years later, I go back and now it's the cyst is extra-large and behind the cyst, there's cancer. And my oncologist, you probably had the cancer since 2015. He said, but since you didn't go back to get checked, you wouldn't know. So, you know, yeah, you didn't know because you didn't go back to get checked. And I guess that was God's, you know, God allowed that to happen because in 2015, I was very unhealthy, very unhealthy. I was very overweight. I was, my sugar had at that point started, I was waking up with sugars of two, 300 in the morning over from overnight. My blood pressure was sky high. So he, even though I didn't go back and I probably would have saved my breast, but maybe not. And that's why he allowed me to wait and not find out until four years later. So yeah. I don't know what, I thought it was a man thing, but I just don't know what it is about us African-Americans and the doctor. Like what, what was it that had you, you said, 2014, 2015. You had yeah, got 2014 checked? was my last. Nope. Right. All right. So I, I take it for me because I'm a medical person. You know, I work. I worked in a doctor's office for 20 some years. You know, my thing was helping. So I can give you advice and tell you what you need to do, and everything. But I didn't take care of me. I allowed my health to go because I'm worried about my patient's health. So I'm, I'm making sure that they, I'm fussing at them if they don't do what they're supposed to do. You know, you should do this, that, part. well, you know what, that same, same principle applied to me, but I was too busy worrying about everybody else. Wow. But as, you know, God wow. orchestrates it. He, he does it. He does it in his way. Mm. Wow. So who was the first person you told? Actually, the first person I told was my roommate, Kim. Um, and I actually have to thank her because she's the reason that I even went and got the mammogram. Um, one day I told her I found this lump and she bugged me and bugged me and bugged me every entire day until I actually made the mammogram appointment. So she was actually the first person I called. I, I, I drove myself. 
Wait a minute, Marshall. Now listen. I got to get personal here. Why does she have to? Why does she have to? You know, this is family, y'all. Why does she have to badger you? And you know that you had that lump there. I'm sorry. Because I was in denial. Um, James, I was in denial, pure denial. Like I did not want to believe that this is what it was. So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna just be transparent. I had large breasts. Anybody that knows me knew that. So when someone said, Hey, you know, Michelle, Michelle, who? Oh, light skin Michelle with the with the big with the big boobs, as what they would say. So to me, that was part of my identity. So the fact that could possibly be wrong with a part of my identity, I ain't, I'm not interested. I don't want to know nothing about it. Wow. So she bugged me and bugged me that the, the, the day after I told her, she bugged me. She texted me the entire time while I was at work. Did you make the appointment? So I made the appointment to shut her up, not knowing that I made the appointment to save my life. Wait. So, wait a minute. Did y'all hear what she said? I made the appointment <laughs> to shut her up, not knowing that mm -hmm. appointment saved her life. Right. Jesus. And and like um, brother Mike said, he going, you know, he keeps us even in spite of us. Lord. Yes. <clears throat> Now, not only did she not, she done waited to 2014, 15, she knew she had a lump, y'all. And it took Kim to keep pestering her to go yes. get it. And she's, and y'all, she's in the medical field. Yes. She done seen this a couple times. I'm sure she done badger her. <coughs> excuse me. She done badger her patients like Kim done badger her. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's that. That is so. That's very true. Or the worst. We don't. We we worry about taking care of other people. We don't worry about ourselves, and that's where the problem comes in. Jesus, I can't lie, y'all. I'm like that too. I'm like that too. <laughs> I don't know the last time, you know, I'm saying this, we've been trying. I don't know the last time I had a doctor's appointment. <laughs> well, I, try, I, I try to keep up on them now. <laughs> now, um, now. It, was a time, it was a time where I was, um, I was just taking a nap uh, um, over Sharice's house. And she was like, um, do you know when you sleep, you stop breathing? And I'm like, no, I don't. First of all, she was like, you snore. And I said, I don't. Right. The devil's a liar. <laughs> and she was like, you know, you stop breathing to the point where she had to badger me. Yeah. And I thought I had sleep apnea. Jesus. Right. Why did you go to the doctor's? So thank God for Kim. Praise the name of our God. I, 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 think, 
I thank God for all the time I have told her so many times how grateful I am. You know, God places people in your lives for reasons, and sometimes reasons you they're there, they're not. So He brought her into my life in order to help save me, to save my life, and I'm grateful for that. I'm always you know, I'm grateful for that, and I, I'm grateful that He gave me the mindset to listen, because under yeah. normal circumstances I'd have been like, yeah. I'll you know, yeah, okay. Oh, Jesus. What are we doing, saints? <laughs> um, and so, okay, mm-hmm. so you get the diagnosis. Kim says, go to the hospital. Get it checked out. Mm-hmm. Now, after they tell mm-hmm. you this, what is the next process after they tell you? Um, I had to set up an appointment with a surgical oncologist and medical oncologist. Um, um, The surgical, well, I had to see the medical oncologist so they could decide whether or not, um, whether or not it was going to be helpful for me to get chemo before I had surgery, like if it was going to change the outcome. But because Mm. the cancer was so um, far gone, it would not have changed the outcome. So that's when they decided that I would go through chemo and radiation after surgery. So when I went to my medical oncologist, I mean, my surgical oncologist, um, I had to make the decision of whether to have um, a bilateral mastectomy or just have the breast that was affected with cancer removed. Oh, again, I said my breasts were large. What you weren't going to do is cut off one. So you had to take them both. So I made the decision um, to to have both of my breasts removed at the same time versus just the one. So once I did that, um, my medical oncologist, I had to see a radiation oncologist as well so they could get a plan. But that was further down. My medical oncologist, initially from all my tests, my blood work and the pathology that came back, He thought that I was going to have at least six rounds of chemo. Mm. Um, that was the plan. But God's a healer. So I only had three. Watch it. And up only with three Watch rounds it. of chemo. Um, they were very, very strong chemo, very, very strong chemo. And also had um, a device that I had to put on. They put on my belly the same day of chemo. That the next day it would go off. Um, so it was like kind of like a two-part therapy, um, which that device was that was terrible. That was terrible. It was okay when it went off, but the very next day, it was bad, like bad. I hurt from head to toe. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my hair started coming out after my very first round of chemo. Um, I woke up and it was coming out in my hands and I had to get my head. I had to get my head shaved off because it was like literally in patches mm-hmm. um, after the first round of chemo. And if I can be transparent, <clears throat> my first round of chemo was so horrible that I told God I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I said to him, I can't do this. Just take me now. And I didn't share that with anyone, but our pastor, 
because I didn't feel as though that my family would be able to understand me where I was at spiritually, where I was at mentally. So the only person I shared that with was with Bishop Carter. I let him know I can't do this. I asked God to take me now because I can't do this. This is wow. too much for me. Wow. You know. And so let's but, let's go, let's go back. You said you know people knew you. Hey, that's Michelle with the big boobs. And so, what what is your mental like that you have to get both? of your breasts removed. What is your mentals like? Like it's it's honestly is I have ups and downs. So the when the after my surgery and the nurse came in to check my incisions, um Tosh was in there with me. Um she was the only one in the room with me. Everyone else had left out um the room. And my first when I looked down and saw that they were gone. It was bad. It was mm. bad, bad. I was in a base. And my daughter, she hugged me and she said, Mommy, it's gonna be okay. You're still here. Like it's okay. Though so you you're fine. We won't get through this. So mentally, when I first looked down, it was bad. Like I could not believe that they were not there anymore. You know, <clears throat> um I still now go through ups and downs. I've had uh, one, two, three surgeries since I've had my breast removed for proper, I had um, two surgeries to prepare me for, um, to get my implants, to get my replacements. And then I actually had my replacements put in, which I don't like which I'm now about to go through another surgery in September. I mean, in February, I have another surgery that I have to go through because there are days when I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. And then mm. God has to remind me that I still have a mirror to look in. Mm. So I have to, you know what I mean? Like, regardless of what I don't like, what I don't like, what I see in the mirror, I'm still here. So it doesn't matter, you know. Um, what happens after my next surgery? If I'm if I'm a little more satisfied with what I have, um, and if I'm not, it's too bad because I'm not doing another one. That's it. I'm not doing it. That's it. It's it. So you said that first because on top of yeah, on on top of um. Having my breast removed, it, I ended up with lymphedema. So I had to have surgery. So when they went in to start my reconstruction process, they also had to do a surgery to take lymph nodes from my back and put them up front because I have lymphedema really bad. Yeah. I wore a sleeve. I wear, I have a sleeve to wear. I have a pump at home that I'm supposed to use, you know, and it's all because of the cancer, you know. It's all because of the cancer. And let me let me just stop and say this: didn't know none of this, y'all. <laughs> didn't know none of this. <laughs> and so, Marshall is an armor bearer <laughs> at the church. And even though she, you know, had Prevo and all that, she was still doing on her assignment. 
didn't know none of this stuff. And I remember I, my I, mother, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother had cancer. And my mother, you know, God rest her soul. Her first time she had cancer, when she would come from those chemo sessions, like I never understood it until one day I had to go. My dad was working or something, and I had to go pick her up. And I didn't realize um, my mother was so drained and just so, I mean, mm -hmm. it drained her. I mean, it. she wasn't talking on the ride home. She was just, she was spent. And so you couldn't, if that's what happens. You had to do, you literally have to come home and lay down. So you've, you've been there for eight hours mm. and you've been there for eight hours and now you got to come home and just get fed. And you can't, you don't want to eat because everything tastes horrible. You can't eat. I mean, you're nauseated. It's, it's just so much that goes along with it. Um, that, I'm, I'm telling you that that first that first round of chemo, I was my body hurt so bad, like I I just couldn't do it. I was just like, I'm not doing this. God, I I just rather come see you. I can't do this, you know. But he made it. I made it through, you know. I made it through. So the process of chemo, what are they doing? Like, are they putting some chemicals inside you? What like, what are you doing? Yeah. If you can remember. So you have you I can oh most definitely. <laughs> um before you start chemo, you have to get port in. I still actually have my port and I have my port. I'm I'll I'll say the reason I still have my port is because you can only use one side of your body to get blood these and stuff. And my veins were already horrible. So I keep my port in. So whenever they draw blood or if I get an IV, I my port's up here. It's up here and it'll stay there for the rest of my life. So you have to get a port in and you have to get that done before you start chemo because it has to heal because it's in a direct, it literally, I guess the way the port is, it literally goes into one of your main arteries in your heart. So, um, and then when you come in, you, they, they put your IV in and then they take you into the treatment room and they, they hook up this IV First, they give you Benadryl in your IV to try to counteract some of the side effects from the chemo, which I can tell you that when they put that Benadryl in, you're like this, like you literally are just totally loopy. Then there's um, an antibiotic, I think, or something that they put in, the, in there as well. Then they start the chemo. So it's like a process. So it's a real process. Everything goes in through the port. Mm. She sit there <laughs> for eight hours, and then it, it you know, well, you're there for eight hours. I can't remember exactly how long it took for yeah, the actual chemo to go in because, the, yeah, because they you, they can't put it too fast because then it'll really make you sick. Um, sometimes they have to slow it down. Um, it made my nose burn like I bad. Like my nose was on my face was on fire. I, they had to come in. They would have to come in and slow it down. There's different side effects. I still my my the balls of my feet are still numb from chemo, which probably will never come back unless God's unless God says so. 
Yeah. So you there's side effects to it, but mm. because they can't chemo is killing the bad cells, it's also killing cells. But you can't differentiate. It's just taking care of whatever is there. So yeah, my my toe, my the balls of my feet are still on my hands. I can't lift anything that's cold. I can't hold anything that's cold. My teeth from the chemo are jacked. Never had problems. I have broken teeth in my mouth. I have to use Sensodyne toothpaste forever because my teeth are so um, sensitive to hot and cold. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, so yeah. But I'm still here. I just every time, every time one of the side effects from the chemo, I feel it. I still have to say, God, thank you. I'm still here. Thank you. I'm still here. But then on top of chemo, I had uh, 30 rounds of radiation as well. I had radiation five days a week, five, five days a week for six weeks. After chemo. After chemo. After chemo. Wow. So after that first time you said, <coughs> hey, I, I don't want this no more. What, what is the thing that kept you, okay, I'm going to do this. What is the thing that allowed you to go back after that first time? Um, The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he, you know, he, he he basically let me know that I'm going to get through this. The Holy Spirit did that. Um, and the prayers of our first lady, because Bishop at that point called and checked on me every day, every day to see what my mindset was, to see where my head space was. You know, like I said, I didn't tell my family that I, I had that thought until after it was over, until I made it. Um, after my first round of chemo, I got so dehydrated. We actually had um, two services that day. So I didn't make it to that first service. I got up thinking I was going to go, went to the bathroom, came back out. I walked into Kim's room and said, you're on your own today. I can't do it. I said, call me after service. And I can let you know if I'm going to make it to the second one. So she came home and got me. But I was as pale as a ghost. I came. I was as pale as a ghost because I was so dehydrated. And I can remember sitting in service. <clears throat> I asked I need fluids. So God bless her soul. She went and got me a bottle of water. I texted her back and said, no, I need IV fluids. She said, oh, hospital. Yes. So I got up and I left and I went to the hospital and they gave me two or three liters of water of saline. I needed more, but my blood pressure was starting to drop. So they couldn't give me any more because that's how dehydrated I was after my first round of chemo. So now you can understand why I said, God, I can't do it. God, I can't do it. And now I'm but, just thinking about Lord, my mom, she was a lot older than you. And I'm thinking, Lord, how did she endure this? And she wouldn't say nothing. She just, hey, I got chemo today. And I'm just like, what? 
So what made you think that you could continue doing your assignment with all this going on? Or just, that's just who you are? Because that's who I am. So I didn't want my life to change because I was going through chemo, chemo cancer. Sounds strange, right? But I needed my life to stay as normal as possible. As normal as possible. So Therefore, in order for me to stay as normal as possible, that means I need to be doing, it's bad enough I can't work. You know what I mean? I can't work my secular job, my outside, my regular job. So you ain't going to tell me I ain't going to work for the Lord. Absolutely not. That's not going to work. I have to continue to do what I need to do. Like I have to. He's the reason I'm still here. I got, I got to I got to continue to do what I'm supposed to do for him. Mm -hmm. You know? And people are, people got mad at me because I wouldn't sit down. But that's just me. I'm not sitting down. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not sitting not. down. I'm not doing probably, it. I'm probably one of those people. Like, what in the world is she doing? <laughs> I can't say the words, the other words. Well, it's an right. N-word. <laughs> Where the other N-words at? <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was that was actually the only Kim said that was the only service that I missed. Yeah. That was the only service yeah, I missed I was that, that, that was it. I don't I, I well I so once I once after I had my surgery, I had drains coming out of my sides. So I had three drains on each side. Once I got my drains out, I came back to church. Yeah. Once I got the drains out, I just wasn't coming with my drains in. I just couldn't, right. I wasn't doing that because I didn't feel like everybody's asking me questions and, you know, feeling sorry for me. I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm good. I, I, I'm good. Don't feel sorry for me. You know? Wow. So you talked about Kim, talked about, you know, your yeah. pastor. I'm just going to say pastors. Your pastor, first lady. How was that? How was that? your support system? I had an excellent support system. I had an excellent support system. So when I was diagnosed with cancer, um, Tosh still lived in Philadelphia. She actually came home to visit and we made a, a, a intervention that night to tell her, um, <clears throat> to let her know that I had, I, that I was, that I was diagnosed with cancer and her first reaction, well, her first reaction was nothing. Then all of a sudden, she busted out in tears. And then she said to me, Mom, you're moving to Philly. I said, no, I'm not. She said, well, then I'm moving home. I said, no, you're not. I said, I have plenty of people here. I said, you can come home and you can visit as often as you would like, but you're not moving back. Because she had a job at the time that she really liked. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, no. You you have a you finally have a job that you like dealing with your the, the children that you're working with. I says I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going. I'm not going to make you stop your life because I'm I have cancer. I'm going to be okay. But you can come home as much as you want. So my daughter was there. Sharice was there. My church family and period was there. Um, you know, everyone checked on me. My sister Lori. You know what I mean? Like. Everyone checked on me. Um, I remember when Kim had to go back to work. 
Um, Therese came over the day after I had chemo. Kim would not let me be in the house by myself. So Sharice came over with me until Kim got home from work. <laughs> you know, so I had a great support system. I had a great support system. So, Wow. Jesus. You know, wow. Was, so <laughs> oh, he, Michael, of course, Michael. Absolutely. What? Everybody, everybody. Mike, it was Michael Sheree. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave nobody's names out. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody was there for me. You know what I mean? I mm. I felt the love. You know, a lot of people call me Marshall, but I actually felt the love for Marshall during that time. Is what mm. I can say. <laughs> I tell people all the time. I only birthed one child, but I got a whole lot of kids. I have a whole lot because now. Yeah. Thanks to Michael, everybody calls me Marshall Church. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, y'all, I'm engaged to her goddaughter, and we only a couple years apart, and I'll be saying Marshall. Listen, but right. well, she doesn't <laughs> earn that Marshall now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so you had to get your breath cut off. Then your hair is falling out. The first treatment. What is that like? First treatment. Bald. So you told us how it was when your breasts. Now, how is that your hair? Now, the, for women, your hair is your glory. Now, I mean. So, so what I can tell you is that before I started chemo, um, I said to Tasha and Sharice, I said, "Y'all know my daughters are going to have to make me a wig now when my hair fall out." Now, y'all know I'm not, I'm too vain to walk around bald, right? So before, before I started chemo, I actually went, my hair was a little bit longer than this before chemo. It was, it was almost, it was down a little bit longer, but I went and got a short haircut because I had always been told that um, it's better to cut it off short. So when it starts to come out, it's not as devastating, mm -hmm. but um the day that it started coming out, I actually had a hair appointment that day. My hairdresser was going to shampoo and condition my hair for me. But when I got up that morning and it was coming out and I went to, and I said to Kim, I said, you do know that when she puts water on my head, all my hair is coming out. She said, no, 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 no. I said, I promise you. So of course I get to the dresser. As soon as she washed it, it's just all coming out in the sink. And she's like, She's devastated. I'm not devastated because I anticipated it. I just didn't think it was going to happen after the first treatment. Um, mm -hmm. Literally one week after the first treatment, they said my, my scalp started hurting. They said, that's the first sign that you're losing your hair is your scalp starting hurting. It was literally seven days after my first treatment. So when she shaved my head off, I remember taking a picture and I sent it to Tosh and I'm like, Mommy's hair is gone. And she was like, you look so beautiful. So what I did was I actually put a full face of makeup on when I got home. And I went into the bathroom and I took a picture and I posted it on Facebook. I said, my hair does not define me. I'm still here. So where I thought I was in a wig, I wore my bald head. Until my hair started coming back. 
Mm. I started becoming confident mm. in that thing. And it helped me because um, Kim's barber, um, Bat, God rest his soul, he's not with us anymore. Um, he was the one who actually cleaned my hair completely off because my hairdresser only got it down to like a five o'clock shadow. So he mm. actually cleaned my, actually cleaned me bald. He was able to get completely bald. And every time I would go in, he would tell me how beautiful I was. And he would tell me, you know, you, you got the perfect head for that. You look beautiful. So I always kept a full face of makeup on and my big hoops to make myself feel better. You know what I mean? Like, you know, power to the people type thing. So I was okay with the hair loss. I was okay. I was all right with the hair loss. Now, I was, my hair started growing back and it came back in completely gray. Now, I wasn't okay with that. I'm too vain for that. It came back in completely gray. My oncologist told me I wasn't allowed to dye my hair. I was about to have a 50th birthday party and I looked at him and started crying and said, I can't go to my party like this. So what can I do? Like, that was the only time that I didn't, I was upset. That was it. But I, you know, I went and got me a quick 27 piece, which is that picture that you see. And I was all right. You know, mm. I was all right. Wow. So the hair aspect I was good wow. with because I anticipated that it was going to happen. Okay. Now, you're... you're... Four, four years removed from the diagnosis. Right. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? What what how what are your thoughts about that journey? I am I'm grateful. It'll be five years um next year. I just went to see my oncologist and he was very emotional because I'm coming over my five year anniversary wow. of being breast cancer free. Um the part of the story that I didn't tell you spots my spine after I didn't finish chemo, after I didn't finish radiation. This was, I believe, last year. They found spots on my spine and they found a spot in my head. Um, whatever's there is now inactive. And my my oncologist said because he treated my chemo so aggressively that I probably had stage four cancer when I first came to see him that they missed, but because they treated it so aggressively, it made whatever's in my back become mm. inactive. It's it's not active. Wow. Um, the medicine that I'm supposed to take for 10 years, I'm not going to take for the rest of my life to keep the cancer away. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with it. Every day that I get up, I'm okay. Every day, every year that goes past and my scans still show that I'm okay. I am, I'm so grateful. Like I can't even, I can't even explain how grateful I am. Um, I'm an advocate now for women getting their mammograms, men too, because, you know, men got to check themselves because men get breast cancer and people don't see it, you know, don't think that. Mm -hmm. But men get breast cancer. But I'm a big advocate now. Please women go and get checked. I do understand that it is not comfortable, 
but a few minutes of discomfort can save your life. A few minutes of discomfort can keep you from having to um, get breast removed and maybe just a lumpectomy. A few minutes, I am a, you know, I'm I'm a I'm I'm an advocate, and Michael, you're right because his mother was one of my biggest supporters. His mm. uh, Michael's mom, you know, she I went to her when I was diagnosed. I called her on the phone. I asked questions. I asked her how did it go. Even when I was going to get my reconstruction, I asked her how's that work? How does it feel? This, that, and the third. To the point I had to go back to her and said, "You lied. You lied. This hurt." It hurt more air, more air, worse getting them back on than it did taking them off. I was like, yeah, no, you, you lied. But, you know, it's okay. It's right. I'm here. Mm. I'm here. My shirt says faith. And I don't know what the these words actually mean in the breast cancer community. But to me, I have faith that God was going to heal me. I hope that my testimony can save somebody else. And because God loved me so much, I'm still here. So that's what this shirt means to me. You know, I don't know what the words really mean in the breast cancer community, but this is what that shirt means to me. You mm. know, so women, please get checked. Please, please, please get checked. I, I, I'm such an advocate for it. Such an advocate. Mm, wow. Whew, I'm just, <laughs> like I said, I'm just astonished by the testimony um, to have someone that you care about go through it. And to be honest, because my mom went through cancer, you know, had the surgery and everything, it came back and she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, this <laughs> I ain't gonna get emotional. So seeing someone else get close to me have it, and then it comes back, and then so the, my mentals was like, you know what? But I tried to keep my faith. I kind of, you know, through her. Hey, Lord was telling me to mm -hmm. tell her stuff, and I was like, God, He gave me a word for her that this chemo ain't gonna be that long, and He split. Good Lord, today, listen, <laughs> I can't mm -hmm. do. This. He split those, she said three. Three. <laughs> yep. And she came up to me and said, Three instead of six. She said, I want you to know what you said. And I'm like, Lord, don't do this to me. So cancer is a really emotional spot for me. <laughs> and then when somebody says it's coming back, because uh, I, I just believe God that he was going to heal my mom. You know, I believe God, he was going to heal my mom. And that wasn't the case. But he did heal her because she's free from it. Mm -hmm. And so this testimony right. is so, so important. Like Mike said, so many testimonies in the family, so many testimonies of cancer-free in the house that we serve. <laughs> um, and so I'm just mm -hmm. grateful to come on and tell your testimony. Ooh, don't do that, Kim. Listen. <laughs> and she she's still singing the choir, y'all. I mean, 
yeah, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I just, I usually, I usually end it by um, having my guests speak some encouraging words. So, can you speak some encouraging words to those people? They just got a diagnosis, or they're going through it. Can you just speak some life to them? Speak some encouragement to them as we end the show today. Absolutely. Um, this is what I will say. You have to put your faith in God. Um, when you feel like you can't make it, you got to talk to him. He'll get you through this whole process. Am I going to tell you it's going to be easy? No, because I would tell you that that would be a lie. But what I am going to tell you is that you can make it. You can get through with God's help and with the prayers of your support system, with the people that you have around you, please make sure that you have positive people around you while you're going through this process. You don't need any naysayers in your circle. You don't need anyone that's going to show pity on you. Um, just keep pushing forward. I promise you, I promise you that you can make it through this journey. Again, it's not easy. And for those women out there who's afraid to go get mammograms because one thing or one 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 reason or another, do, please do it. Early detection is the answer. Mm. Um, anything you can catch early can more than likely be fixed. Wow. So I, I encourage you to get it to 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 for to go into mammograms. If you're going through breast please get a relationship with God. Please get a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Please get a relationship with Jesus so that he can get you through this thing. He can get you through this thing. That's all I got. Because if it wasn't for him, huh, if it wasn't for him, mm. I probably would have gave up. If it wasn't for him, so I just encourage you, just keep your head up, keep your head strong. Anyone out there that needs any type of investment, you can reach out to me. Reach out to me on Facebook. I'll give you my number. I am a strong advocate. You know, I, I can be a support system even if I don't know you. I have my prayers. I pray. I'm a praying woman. So that's all I got. Mm, wow. I just want to thank you again for coming on and telling your testimony. I believe that's the reason why these the technical stuff was trying to mess up because the enemy didn't want <clears throat> this testimony to go forth into the airwaves because he's the prince of the air. But that that was not there was a cheap trick, but it did not work today, devil. And so God gets the victory again. <laughs> oh, yes. Again, and I like I said, I just want to thank you, Whew. Jesus. All these testimonies, all these encouraging words. Your trial is now your testimony. Good Lord, <laughs> watch it. Now your testimony. No, that's right. Man. How can we? that's watch right. It. Watch it, Kim. Now we. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> We're grateful for God and the testimony. And the testimonies to come. 
we just believe God. We believe God. We don't just say it. And so, like I say, every week, we just want to thank you for having a creative conversation with us. I want to thank you, Marshall, Michelle, whoever you cut with. <laughs> I want to thank you again for coming on and telling your testimony. And I know people were blessed tremendously. <laughs> tremendously. Trying to get out these. Well, I thank you for having me. I thank you for having me. I thank you for allowing me to give my testimony so that I can be an encouragement to someone else to know that it, it's possible. It's all possible. All things are possible if you believe. Yeah. Church right now. <clears throat> so everybody, thank you. If you know someone, if you know someone who is going through, like she said, just drop her an encouraging word. Just drop an encouraging word. That's all they need. And I just want to thank you for the support. Thank you for every week. We'll be back next week. Clergy next week. But do I had to get um, this? You know, I want to say celebration and this honoring of those who went through breast cancer. Thank you again, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for having a creative conversation. Mm -hmm.